So, do you have another tall tale? I do have another tall tale. I think this tale is one about the lucky shot. And and it starts many years ago when I was a a young boy. A long time ago. Yes. Uh, I was living with my grandmother. And I was probably 12, 13, somewhere in that range. And so I was getting ready for bed one night. And just before I went to go to my bedroom, my grandmother said, "Uh, Frank, we need some fresh meat. And I said, okay, Graham, I will see what I can do tomorrow. So that's all she had to say to me. And so off I went to bed and it was a long night because all I could think about was this was my opportunity to use one of my grandfather's old guns to go hunting by myself. So I was pretty excited, and it was a sleepless night. I just kept waking up, thinking about hunting and and bringing home some fresh meat for my grandmother and I. So anyways, morning finally came, just before daylight, and I jumped up, and I ran downstairs and got dressed, and and put my rubber boots on, and I had a little breakfast, and then I I went over to the closet, and I looked around, and I picked out this old shotgun, an old single-gauge, 16-gauge shotgun, and it didn't look really great. It was kind of wobbly, and everything was kind of loose on it, but I said, it doesn't matter. I'm going hunting, and then I reached up on the shelf, and I reached around, and I found one bullet, and it was a ball cartridge. It just had one big ball, and I said, well, that's going to have to do. I said, I just hope I don't see a, a small animal because I'll blow it all to pieces, but a little bit of meat's better than none, I thought. And I said, it didn't matter. I'm, I was going hunting. So off I went, and I took off out the door, and I started walking and walking and walking. Finally, I come down over the ridge there, and I had to go across the brook, and, and I went across that old frosty log that I had to cross there a few years ago with my trout. And anyways... I made across the log and I started up over the ridge and, and I was getting in some pretty good territory now for hunting and so I was I slowed down and started taking my time and looking and I just come up to the top of the crest of the hill and I thought I saw something move there in the bushes off to the off to the right so I just kind of stopped and I just stood there and I waited and I waited and I waited and finally I did I saw something move and there was a little fir tree they're just a few feet from me, so I stepped in behind that and kind of squatted down, and I just waited. And then all of a sudden I looked, and I could see a little piece of a horn moving behind the bushes, and I said, oh, that's a deer. That's got to be a deer. So I waited, and I waited, and waited, and so finally out walks this little six-point buck deer out from around the bushes, and it had been feeding. It was browsing nibbling on the fur tips and things like that and eating little grass and so I said boy that would be perfect just the perfect size animal for my grandmother and I so I said boy I'm gonna see if I can get this but it was just a little out of my firing range for the old gun so I said I'm gonna have to wait a bit and just in front of me maybe 50 yards or so was this big rock and I said, when that deer makes its way down to that rock, in front of that rock, I said, it'll be in range then, and then I'll, I'll, uh, I'll harvest that animal. And I waited, and I waited, and I waited. 
And at my age, I was pretty excited. My heart was pounding and beating. I was sure the deer was hearing my heart beating. I was so nervous and shaking a little bit. And, and I waited and waited. And finally, the deer kept working its way down. And it was getting close, probably another you know, 10, 15 feet, and it's going to be within range. So I had to take, I had to cock the gun, and I didn't want to cock the trigger, the hammer, and make that click sound because I'd know the deer would hear it. So I, I had to try and hold the, squeeze the trigger and pull the hammer back and let go of the trigger and so the gun wouldn't go off, but the, the deer wouldn't hear the click. So I was playing with that, and, and finally I got it. And so I started bringing the gun up slow, and I said, oh, any minute now. And that deer just turned sideways so I get a good shot. And so it did. And it was really close to the front of the rock. And so I started bringing the gun up. And just as I was ready to take a nice bead on the deer, I saw something flash or off to my left and something black. And I looked. And there was a bear. It wasn't a big bear. You know, maybe a couple hundred pounds. But it was a good-sized bear. And I'm, Enough to make me pretty nervous at my age. And I said, so now what do I do? Do I just drop the gun and run? Or do I just head out of there? I didn't know what to do. But then I got thinking. I said, what's going to happen? That bear was coming down at a pretty good clip. And, and, and the bear and the deer was going to meet right in front of that rock. And I said, I wonder what's going to happen. Will they scare each other? Then I don't get a shot at either one. Or I said, will they get in a fight or something like that? And I said, I'm, I'm not sure what's going to happen. But then I got to thinking. I remember this guy in our community was known for being a pretty good shot. And uh, what he had done one time, he had shot three deer with one bullet. So he's always been known as the guy that had the luckiest shot in our community. And I said... I got to think, and I said, I wonder, that rock has got a really sharp point on it. And if I were to take a bead right on the sharp point of that rock, and when that deer and that bear got a right angle, maybe the bullet might hit that sharp point and split in two, and I might get both the deer and the bear. I said, then I would maybe have the title of the luckiest shot. Mm -hmm. And so I said, what have I got to lose? So I weighed it and I weighed it and I said, I think the angle is just about right now. So I up with the old gun and I take a bead on that rock and I pull the trigger. Well, I wasn't very big back then, you know, maybe 110, 115 pounds soaking ring and wet. And I didn't realize the recoil on the old shotgun, the kick of it was so strong. And so when I, when the gun went off, the gun went flying out of my hands and went up in the air and broke in three pieces and twirling and, and, and the recoil of it knocked me off balance and I fell back down over the bank and rolled right down into the brook. And uh, and I, it was, wasn't for a little pine tree there that I grabbed. I, I would have went right in over my head, but I grabbed that and I swung around and I went right up to my chest. And I come up out of that water and it was cold. It was in October, frosty. And But all I could think about was my grandfather's shotgun. I said, oh, my, my, my. And so I started crawling up over the bank. And about halfway up the bank, I realized my, both of my rubber boots were full of water. So I, and, uh, so I went to pull my legs up to kind of let the water come out. And when I lifted up my left leg, I felt something wiggling. And I Ew. reached in my boot, and there was a trout in my boot. <laughs> so I was always told not to, you know, if you're... 
if you're going to harvest something, don't let an animal suffer. So, you know, I broke its neck really quick and, and I kind of carried it up over the bank. And when I got up on top of the hill, there was my grandfather's gun laying there in three pieces. But on the barrel, there was a partridge laying there, mm-hmm. unconscious, dead. And I said, well, what would have happened there? And the only thing I could figure was that the barrel, the partridge was sitting on a branch over my head, and the barrel hit the partridge and and killed it, and it fell down on top of the barrel. So I went over and laid my trout alongside the partridge, and I looked up, and there was the deer laying there on the side of the rock. I looked over, and here was the bear just laying off the other side. So here I had a bear, a deer, a partridge, and a trout. <laughs> My grandmother and I ate very well for the next month or so. So <laughs> now I am the luckiest shot in our community. <laughs> the end. <laughs> well, Alan, thank you for listening to Trails, Tales, and Spruce Tea with Frank Muse and Shallon Jodry. This was an Intertales episode, a tale in between our regular shows. Thank you to Frank for another tall tale and short tea. Sometimes putting these audio clips together isn't as easy as it sounds. Namultis. And some for you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the right. That's of course, more boards on it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Weak tea. Take two. Ah. <laughs> uh-huh. Here, here's some for you. Thank you. <laughs> I wasn't ready yet. <laughs> it ain't gonna work. <laughs> Just pour it. <laughs> this is the blooper that everybody wants. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>